The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up the mountain to pray. While he was praying, his face changed in appearance and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been overcome by sleep, but becoming fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were about to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. While he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them, and they became frightened when they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my chosen son. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They fell silent and did not at that time tell anyone what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. It's nice to see so many made it to the 8 o'clock Mass this morning. We're now making our way through Lent. We're going to be in Holy Week before too long, and the second week of Lent gives us a few images from Scripture that are very rich in meaning, the transfiguration of our Lord, and this beautiful passage from Genesis about Abraham. Abraham is one of those figures in the Old Testament that is uh, one of our forefathers in the faith. In fact, that's his title. Some of the people in the Old Testament have a specific title, like Moses is the leader of God's people, and Elijah, we call him the prophet of God's power, and Abraham is our father in faith because of the deep faith in his life. So I'd like to just focus today a little bit on this book of Genesis in this powerful story about uh, a conversation Abraham had with God. Genesis, even though it's a very ancient text, has little beautiful moments when God reveals himself in a powerful and beautiful way. Abraham was just a normal, a normal guy, you could say. And one day God sent him a message. He wanted Abraham to leave everything behind and to begin a journey a journey that didn't have a destination. He just told Abraham, I'll show you eventually where to go, but leave everything and follow me. And so that took a lot of faith in Abraham, kind of his first yes to Jesus to accept walking by the light of faith. Genesis has this uh, in the beginning with Adam and Eve, if you remember that before Adam and Eve fell into sin, there was this beautiful time when they would converse with God every evening. 
It says, in the breezy time of the day, God would come down to the garden and, and walk with them. It seems God had it sort of planned that way. And so he does the same thing for Abraham. In the evening, God comes to speak with him as he's on this journey. And Abraham must be struggling with his faith a little bit because God makes him a promise. And they're in Abraham's tent. So just envision one of those tents you might see out in a desert imagery of nomads sort of wandering through the desert. In one of those simple tents, Abraham and, and God are together talking and God says to Abraham, let's go outside. They walk outside, it's, it's night. Imagine this kind of the starry night in the desert. You can just see so many stars and, and God is there with Abraham and he says to Abraham, look up at the stars and count them if you can. Just so will your, will your descendants be. That's a beautiful promise. Just imagine being with God yourself, looking up at the stars. God, the one who created all those stars, who can name them all, who can explain why he made them the way they are, and, and then telling you to dream a little bit about the future. Abraham trusts in God, and, and yet there's a way of interpreting this text which is a little different. It's a beautiful that when we read the scriptures, there's so many layers of meaning here, and, and I want to share one possible interpretation which isn't very well known. You see, Abraham's looking up at the stars. If you were to look up at the sky without binoculars, without a telescope, how many stars could you actually see? Well, I researched this very deeply, and you know what that means. Google helps with those things. Uh, you can see about 6,000 stars. Now that number needs to be cut in half because you can only see half the sky at once. And so Abraham is there with God and God says, I'm going to make of you a great nation. Your, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars. 3,000. That's not a big number. If Abraham had three children and they all had three children and they all kept having three children each, it wouldn't be more than four to five generations and you'd already hit 3,000. Abraham had left behind cities in Ur that had more than 3,000 people. That's not a big promise. That's not a big reward, you could say. It's not much of anything. Well, Abraham says yes, despite not being maybe totally sure what God has in mind, and he continues his journey of faith. There is this moment in Abraham's life, he's tested by God the most, and it's that terrifying passage that will happen seven chapters later in Genesis 22, where God says to Abraham, take your son Isaac, your firstborn, the son you love, and take him to Mount Moriah to offer him as a holocaust. Now that passage of scripture is very hard to hear. And we'll talk about that in some other homily. Okay, so let's not ask too many questions about why God asked him to do that. But it was a huge test of faith. Abraham, with a broken heart, said yes and went to do God's command. God knew all along he wasn't going to let that happen. He stops Abraham 
And then he says to Abraham something similar about his descendants, but he changes it up for Abraham. This time he says, Abraham, I'll make your descendants as numerous as the grains of sand on the seashore. And that is a lot more than 3,000, right? You can probably have more than 3,000 in just a handful of sand on the beach. That's a lot of sand. That's a lot of descendants. Now, if you were to attempt to count how many grains of sand there actually are, the numbers are just estimates, but a very, very generous estimate would put it around two quadrillion grains of sand. It's a number so big you sort of can't fit it up on our screen, so let's just leave it at that. So now Abraham has received from God a promise that's, in Abraham's eyes, beautiful and worth sacrificing everything for. But thousands of years later, a man named Galileo would make a telescope and he'd point it up at the sky and he would realize there's a lot more stars up there than we could see with our own eyes. So just how many stars are there? Again, I don't think we've counted them all yet, but there are 200 billion trillion stars, which is a lot more than grains of sand. That number's too big to put up here as well. God was faithful to Abraham all along. Abraham would never have known that. And the ones who were writing the book of Genesis would not have known that God's promise from the beginning was beautiful and worth everything. And God was faithful and true from day one. But Abraham had to walk his life journey always a little bit in faith, not sure how the story would end. Let's bring that into our life today. Often we struggle, I struggle, it's a normal human experience to at times have doubts about God's plan and what he's doing in our life. There's enough unrest in the world today with the war in Ukraine. A lot of doubts and worries about the future. There's also a lot of doubts and worries about how you can provide for your family and for your children with the prices and the difficulties in the economy. All of those worries and cares, we bring them with us even into our worship of God. And so if you have a doubt or a worry in some way, let's make that doubt and worry something you offer to God and you accept walking by faith as Abraham did. You see, in our message this Lent, we're trying to leave behind things that keep us away from accompanying our Lord there in Holy Week, what we need to leave behind in the desert. And so today, as we continue our worship and we begin our offertory, I would invite everyone now in the silence of your heart to place on the altar now those doubts and worries and fears so that we can all walk with a deeper trust in our Lord, asking for that grace of faith. So now in this moment of silence, let us, each one in your heart, place something on the altar now. That'll be your gift to our Heavenly Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.